If you want the best coverage from the farm system to the front office, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Rangers Today Baseball Podcast, now on the Dub Network. Here are your hosts, Jeff and John. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rangers Today Baseball Podcast. This is episode number 101, and today Luke Savage is going to join us. He's a Texas Rangers minor league pitcher from TCU. We'll get him on later, but today is really hot stove day. Winter meetings are coming up Sunday. You're heading out there. I am. And we are going to get into some hot stove stuff. Before we do that, go down and hit that subscribe button down below. Get to rangerstoday.com. It's, we've run it, really run some good specials, but get down there now. It's cheap, $5.99 a month, $60 for the year, $35 for six months. We keep this going year-round, guys. But, hey, I'm going to do one thing for you. You know the book um, that, that, that Jeff has coming out? At long last. At long last. It's out. It's out. If you go and invite 10 people to subscribe to this YouTube channel for free, the first five people to do this, 10 people subscribe, and you show me, hey, I got these 10 people to subscribe, and we see it, I will send you a signed copy of that book at my expense. Signed by me, not him. Yeah, 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 I'm not signing it. He'll <laughs> sign it for you. But I will get it to you. It'd be great for Christmas to get out there. Um, and Jeff put a little personal note in there, but you've got to get 10 people to subscribe to the YouTube channel. It is free. They just got to go in there and hit the subscribe button. But now we got to get into hot stove winter meeting stuff before we get Luke on here. Okay. Because it is time. We haven't done it the first couple weeks after the World Series. We have yeah. to talk about the World Series, talk about other things. A lot of stuff swirling. A lot of people wondering <laughs> what's going to go on. When is winter meeting start? Sunday? Well, I mean, everybody gets there Sunday, but uh, it, really in earnest, the 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 stuff picks up Monday, goes through Wednesday. It's shorter than it used to be. Nobody's complaining about that. Uh, ends with the Rule 5 draft, and then everybody heads to the airport and gets out. So um, Rule 5 draft is Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Um, and and you know, we, we can get into that, too. But um, well, We have know, to. That's our minor league yeah. segment. We are not doing down in the bus leagues. Uh, we'll do Rule 5 and talk about some people that, well, yeah. that, are, that could be gone. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, you know, we the beat writers had a conference call with Chris Young on Thursday to kind of discuss um, things, and and uh, he hadn't talked to him you know, since the the GM meetings right after the World Series, um, and and you know some things came to light. Um, I I think that it it depends on how you want to interpret what he said, but you know the 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 TV deal is a problem. The the Diamond Sports Group not wanting to pay the Rangers a hundred million dollars—that's uh, a—that's a problem. Um, uh, and also, the 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 Rangers are are already uh, uh, infringing upon the the uh, luxury tax, uh, collective cl- competitive balance tax. Officially, everybody calls it the luxury tax, which they're um, not afraid to go over a little bit, but well, they, they don't want to be. They did it for the first time th- this this season, um, and it's it, it's a. The first time it's a twenty percent penalty for the amount of the overage, which this year ended up being a little less than two million dollars. If they do it again, it's it's thirty percent. But it's, it's for a, the amount over the yeah competitive. for the amount over. So, so what is it? Two thirty three, two hundred thirty three million. Two thirty seven this year. And um, if they get to two forty seven fifty seven, they got to pay thirty percent tax on the twenty million dollars. Uh, right. So uh, you know that's six million dollars, which seems like a drop in the bucket and. Uh, so I, you know, they would do that if they thought this was going to get right, into the World Series, right? And 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 I think that that Ray Davis, who who had been uh, hesitant to 
to go over it. You know, it, it, it kind of serves as a soft salary cap for a lot of teams. Um, but to go, you know, if you go over it and you win a World Series, it's all worth it. Right? Absolutely, I mean, he's <laughs> he's glad he doesn't want that two million back if 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 that's what it was the difference between a winning a World Series and not winning a World Series. So <clears throat> I I took it. If, if you look at everything that Chris said, he said, we have to be financially responsible. Got to be okay? smart. All right. He said, and, but in the next breath, he said, that said, ownership is, has been great, and we're very comfortable with what they're going to provide us for this season. Um, I took that as... Otani's probably not on the... No, well, I, I took, and, and, I, and I took it as, you know, he also said, we're not going to spend at the levels we spent. The last two years, they've been crazy right they've signed multiple superstar players for a lot of money and they don't necessarily have they don't, to do that they don't need multiple superstars at this point they've already got them under contract you know Tommy would Marcus, be a luxury marcus simeon Corey seager jacob Degrom, nathan avaldi john gray guys who have signed for anywhere from 14 to 37 and a half million dollars three of those guys 25 and above Grom's going to make forty million this year. They acquired Max Scherzer. The Mets are, are picking up a ton of that, but I think the Rangers still have to pay him twenty two million this year. Um, you know, there's there's some big some big ones out there, but the, again, the Rangers don't need to sign two or three of those guys. They really could get away with just signing one of those guys. It's going to be a starting pitcher. Okay. Now, now, who do they want to sign? You know, if if you know, what about uh, Hater? Hater's going to cost Hater. Hater's out. I, I I never thought the Rangers would sign him. Uh, they they just don't do that. You know they won they won the World Series. They caused a lot of of, of heartache heartache and gray hairs with the bullpen during the regular season. But they ended up winning the World Series with that same bullpen. I think that they will add some some pieces to the bullpen. But sure, they're not going to get Josh Hader. They just don't think that. I mean, they might. All right, look, I could be totally wrong on this, but just never judging, say never. Judging by their history. They don't do that. They don't sign closers for huge money. No. They've done it once in their life. It was or once in my lifetime on the beat. Joe Nathan, right after the 2011 season when they made Natalie mm-hmm. Feliz a starter. But it's just not something that <clears throat> that I think the Rangers are, are going to do. I think they're going to put that money into one starting pitcher, whether it's Jordan Montgomery or, or you know depending on where things go with uh, Yamamoto from Japan. Maybe those are the, the guys that they look at. Um, I don't think Otani is, is in their plans uh, because he can't pitch this year, um, but also because how much money he's going to make. There's some uncertainty uh, with, with what that contract looks like after he turns 37 or 38. Right. Um, you know, you, you, if you look at the big deals around the game that have been signed recently – Including Degrom, including including Simeon, including Corey Seager, you don't get past thirty-seven or thirty-eight. No. That, that's just kind of where the it, it looks like these you know historically, if you look at contracts around baseball, that's when the players start to drop off. Yep, Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, you know the the two that stand out. You don't want to be paying these guys that kind of money uh, at at that age, and and with Otani, you know, <clears throat> do you want to pay fifty million dollars for a declining DH? No. No, because and and he's not going to be able to pitch forever. He's had two Tommy Johns. It's it's not saying the Rangers aren't going to sign him. They certainly could. He could be their one big expenditure uh, because next year 
the, the, the payroll gets a little softer and, and, it, and down the road it looks okay. But um, I just think that, that that's not – So think, they're I, not I, – I think that would I think that would prevent them from fielding uh, a team that they think could – could repeat and they and, and believe me when we say this and I, and they they are out to repeat. That's what they're going to do. Yeah, they I mean, they feel like they should be a favorite going into it. <laughs> they're in the power rankings already. The first one that came out, they have them listed right now with the roster they have, the number one power ranking team. Yeah. They are a good team. Atani would be great on this team. Sure, but like you said, I, I I can't stress this enough. That stream of income coming in from Diamond Sports. That is something you really have to take a look at. Yeah. They're yeah. going to get a good TV deal. They will get one. Whether they get that or not, I don't know. They can pull that yeah. again. But that's a big chunk of their money is TV money. It, the stadium's going to fill up more. They're gonna, they get a lot of money from stadium concessions and all of that that come mm-hmm. through. That's good. But that's not what picks up the bulk of the check. Yeah. Bulk of the check comes from the TV money. Major League Baseball had to step in for some teams last year. I think if the Rangers had their way – I think they would love to just be able to cut ties with Valley Sports oh, and absolutely. start shopping right now for a new team. Look, I, I you know, the, the deal last year when when this all came to to light and, and Valley went into bankruptcy and then started to 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 drop clubs um, was that M- MLB Rod Manfred said that they would that MLB would pay up to at, you know at least eighty percent of what it was of what of what it was, and that was in season. You know, so Bally would have been responsible. You know, it would have been the difference of what Bally didn't pay him. MLB has that money. Right. They, they have a fund where they have plenty of money to be able to help these teams out. And, and we'll Rob send Manfred you this money while you go to, cut Rob your Manfred new Rob Manfred wants to do that. He doesn't want any team to suffer from, from this. And so there will be money. It's just, will it be a hundred million? And, and, and maybe it is this first year. Maybe the Rangers renegotiate, find a, Find a, a new TV partner, and you know it's you don't you don't know what is out there with cable uh, changing. Regional sports networks are changing. A lot of streaming um, services now. There are a lot of streaming services. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers did their own thing, you know. And and and, and you look at the market, the Mavericks and the Stars are also tied in with Diamond and Valley. Um, they don't have as near nearly the high. Um, rights fees, but who's to say that that those three teams can't come together and, and form their own network, like the Yes Network and 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 Nesson and and uh, Boston and and uh, Mess is it Messen M E S N and in, in in the D C Baltimore area, um, even even the Dodgers with, with with Time Warner, they've had some distribution problems. That's the deal. You don't you need to be able to distribute the network, get teams to get every streaming service, every cable network to be able to pick it up uh, that, that helps with your advertising, that, that helps in a, in a lot of different ways. It gets eyeballs on, on the team, gets eyeballs on the sponsor, sponsors. It, it uh, potentially, you know, you'd convert people who just watch on TV and say, hey, let's go out to the ballpark. It looks like a great time. You know, this is yeah. a great team. Let's go watch them. So it wouldn't be bad and if they could control their own media rights Make their own broadcast decisions. Um, you know, figure out how to juggle the the, the three sports. Uh, it would be it'd be I, you know, I know Mark Cuban has, has sold the team uh, or sold a lot of it. 
uh, he's still going to be involved. You know, he is a smart guy. He did broadcast.com. That's how he made all of his money way back when. Right. He understands the, the broadcast game. Um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if, if, if that were to happen and, and maybe that's ultimately the, the best thing that could happen is they just do their own thing. Um, but I think it'd be great for all three uh, sports to be partners. The sure. Cowboys have an NFL thing. That's not going to happen. They're with their own. NFL has their – Jerry Jones, smart guy, went out and cut the biggest deal uh-huh. of NFL history with, with their TV rights and yeah. all of that. But you're not – NFL's not going to be a part of it. Yeah. Basketball, uh, hockey, and baseball could certainly team up, yeah. form a network. That's a pretty cool idea. Yeah. Um, and I saw it in, in one of my mentions from one, one of our followers. Uh, I had mentioned it. I don't know. Maybe on you, our la- maybe on our last show, you know, you brought it up before. It's it's it, it would be an attractive thing. It's the right market to do it. Uh, I think DFW market's fourth now, or is about to be the fourth biggest market uh, in the country. It's just it just makes a ton of sense, you know. And and uh, with Fort Worth growing like it's growing, uh, with people coming into the area, um, you know, it, it it would make a lot of sense if they can do it. Now it's gonna, you know, up front it would take it would take an expenditure. You know, it would take some money, and and probably you could partner it out and 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 to to help cut the cut the expense for the owners of the three teams, though. Rangers would be shit, more, and the reason they're, they're not poor. You know, I mean, Mark right. Cuban just sold sold for three and a half billion. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, what kind of profit did he make on that? Good lord, but. Um, the Rangers have more games, and Rangers, so, th- yeah. so they would they have, have a bigger. They have twice chunk. as many games as a, a basketball team and a, and a, a hockey team. I right, mean, you add those two together, and it equals one baseball season. So there, there's semantics that I have no idea about. Uh, I probably shouldn't even be talking about this, but I think it's a possibility. Um, but anyway, they the current situation. I think I think as we stand now uh, with the Rangers where they are, close to the luxury tax. They weren't going to spend a lot anyway. Uh, I think that the hundred million is going to hurt, but I think they're going to go forward this year. Um, they're going to be okay. It's just what is it going to look like down the year, down the down the down the right down the road? What and does it look commi- like next year? And, and our commitments, <laughs> we have to be yeah. careful with our commitments for what we see probably coming. And and yes, well, we'll probably uh, fill back in. Like, but I, also keep in mind the team that won the World Series a month ago today. Yeah. Really comes back largely intact. Yes. You know, and there were holes, yes. There are holes, you know, the, the rotation. Let's talk about it. You, yeah, you need you need a, a starting pitcher. You need one starting pitcher. I've already talked about that. They yeah. need they need some bullpen help. Yeah, but but one starting pitcher creates a lot of depth. Right. It knocks somebody out of the rotation now. Who can be in the bullpen? Who can be in the bullpen? Who can be a swingman like Dane, Dane Dunning was last year? He eventually moved into the rotation uh, and was the Rangers pitcher of the year. Um, but he was a reliever in the postseason. Hey, it worked out great. Jacob Degrom is going to come back. Yes, you, know, you got to keep that in mind. You know, right. in, in so August, that's going to bump someone else. Yeah, that's going to be like a trade deadline deal. You know, and, right? And but you did see with Degrom with Evaldi missing a lot of the second half. I- injuries are going to happen. Right. I mean, and John, the minor John, league John, players. John Gregg was hurt. That's gonna happen. So you 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 need your farm system to start producing. It is it is time. For the minor league arms that we have been touting to step up. Yeah. They need to be down there in double A AA and triple A putting up numbers that are going, okay, well, this guy is giving up four and a half runs a game in the big leagues, and this guy's giving up two runs a game in the triple A. Yeah. You know, when is he coming up? That's a great freaking problem to have. 
what, but when a guy gets hurt, you gotta have somebody then come up for two or three weeks or a month and 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 make it a tough things. decision to send him back down. And um, you know, so you hope it's Owen White, you hope it's um, Jack Leiter, you hope it's Cody Bradford who could be in the bullpen uh, on opening day. You hope it's you hope it's uh, Cole Wynn who is pitching really well in Puerto Rico and who the Rangers think will be better without the automated ball and strike system that they have at AAA. So you have you have guys that that have the potential to step in and, and be options, uh, and they need to be because um, the financial constraints, but also a healthy farm system is the lifeblood of a of any good team, and and the Rangers are not going to start trading off these guys. Uh, they're not going to start getting into an, an arms race. You know, you do a rebuild not to win for one year. You do a rebuild to win for many years. And uh, the Rangers are in a position to do that with what they've done the past two off seasons, what they have coming back, and then what they have coming from the farm system. Wyatt Langford, hey, you know, it's 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 an opportunity for for him to pinch, potentially fill a role on the team. Uh, Justin Foscue, you know, if, if the Rangers, Sam Huff, you know, if the Rangers don't resign Mitch Garver. Um, those guys have have an opportunity, Blaine Krim, to come in, make the team as the backup catcher in Huff's case. He can back up at first base. He's hot. He can DH. Justin Fosu can play first base. He can he can DH, and, and it, Dustin Harris can can play first base. Blaine Krim can play first base. Not that not that you need to get a first baseman, but. You want to give Nate Lowe a day off against a tough lefty, or give him a, a a blow. He played 161 games last year. Maybe he got tired down the stretch. I don't know, but yeah, um, there are a lot of ways to fill these spots, and and again, the farm system has to start help help to help Ace. You know, put put a make it make it a little bit easier on the budget, but also um, okay. I just don't think that they're going to trade these guys away. And 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 and, and, and I know, I've seen this a couple times. <clears throat> Justin Foscue is blocked at his positions, third base and second base. Justin Foscue can can hit. Right. And if you're going to hit, they're going to find a spot for you. He's a first-round draft pick. He's on the 40-man roster now. I'm not saying he's not going to get traded, but the Rangers really like him, and they really think that because of how much contact he makes, he doesn't strike out a ton. They think he's going to be a good a good major league hitter, and why not do it for them? You know. So I, I just – Anyway, that is a cheap DH solution uh, right there, and it's a chance to be a really good one. Yeah. So anyway, so um, let, so let's talk about it then. So obviously, if so, if that's the situation, obviously Otani was taking out. Otani and the guy is probably going to be here. That would be fantastic if he was. Yeah. We've already talked all about the, the the money issue, all of that. It just might not be a smart move. Yeah. This team isn't Otani away from going to the World Series. Right. They're going to the World Series. They have a chance to go to the World Series with or without Otani. They win and won it without him. Without Otani. And Otani, his teams have never sniffed the playoffs. No, but so, with, my, with people, Mike Trout. With what I think what people look at is think of that lineup. Sure. With with, with Shohei Otani hitting third. I mean, that's just that yeah. would be un, that's it, amazing. It would be. It'd be great. Okay, and, so and, let's and I'm go. not let's not rule it out. Right. But let's I just I've I've never been a big proponent of signing him because of uh, just a lot of things. And now he would bring money, and that's a big argument. A lot of people that he would pay for himself in a lot of ways. I think you could cut some deals with Japan for sure. some advertising, some money, some things like yeah. that that the Rangers could do and, and do that. But 
So we're, we've, we've ruled that out. Who are some free agents that you say, you like Montgomery, obviously that's yeah, somebody. I, I, I mean, I think Montgomery and, and Yamamoto. I mean, I, I'm really intrigued by, by Yamamoto. Yamamoto. He's so Especially he's so young. after what, what's his name did last year? Kodai, Kodai Senga with the Mets. I mean, you know, I'm intrigued with the with the with the Pacific Rim. I yeah, always have somebody yeah. from the Pacific. You no, he's he's Yamamoto's young. Uh, Twenty five. It might take a long term deal to get him, but if it's if it's you know Imagine somewhere in, in the rotation. somewhere in the twenties, okay, you you do it. But um, and the Rangers like him, um, and and I think he would fit into their financial plans and. What about this thing really out there handy. about he wants to play with another Japanese player? Yeah, I mean that that was that was mentioned and then it was kind of debunked. So I don't I I think he'll play where he has a chance to win and make some money. Okay, I I, I agree with that too. Okay, so what about at the DH spot? We're not so Otani's out of the picture. I've seen somewhere some intriguing names for DH spot. I even brought up Sola, uh, Sola, Solar Solar uh, Jorge. Yeah, Jorge Soler. Soler, yeah. Soler, whatever you say. You know, man, my <laughs> heck, I don't talk right. I've seen another intriguing name. He's very old, though. It's Justin Turner. Yeah. Who's a free agent, who's a guy that could play some first base to, in, in relief of, of – he, he had a great year. I know. Uh, it. He's – what is he, 37? He was with the Red Sox last year. Yeah. He's 38. Uh, going to be 38 when the season starts. Yeah, I don't – I honestly, I think that the Rangers are going to fill the age with in, in, one, in, of the, one of the young guys. In-house. Or re-signing like Robbie Grossman. Who everybody really, really liked. He kills left-handed pitching. Um, he's provides a good at bat. You know, Chris Young, when we were having our our call with him yesterday, he said, "Shore up the roster." All right, the roster doesn't need to be shored up by. Honestly, it doesn't need to be shored up by Shohei Otani. No, it needs to be shored up by veteran guys who you trust and who are going to do a good job and are willing to be role players. And uh, you know Robbie Grossman is 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 that guy. You, know? you think and, Travis is coming back? Uh, maybe you know I, it, it's it's it, there's the potential for that. It just depends on how they they want to look at. Uh, He's my guy, and, just because I've become and, friends and, with him and fill out their <clears throat> their roster. But um, and you, again, you need some of these young guys to produce, and and they have a lot of young guys on the forty man roster. It wouldn't hurt to trade some of them for roster flexibility, but. Um, let them let them try to produce for you, and and you know, let's say your DH is a platoon of Justin Foscu and Robbie Grossman. Hey, give it a shot, see what happens. Yeah. Um, I, I I think that um, there's a there's a chance for for something like that to happen. Um, so I, I I don't I don't see them going out and spending ten to fifteen million dollars on a hitter. I just I just don't think that's going to happen. You've got some guys in house that could could do that too. I mean, we've already talked about Foscu. Who they love too, Blaine Krim, the guy just hits hitting machine. I mean, and and he 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 projects as a DH. You talk about cheap; he's going to be league minimum, right? Um, you know, coming into this, he's a guy that that now he's not on the forty, right? So this it's is all right. A, you the, can find a forty man spot for him. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of <clears throat> they have an open forty man spot right now, don't they? They, they have a couple, yeah, a couple of them. But that's going to all change. You got guys that are obviously going to the sixty man. Uh, they're going to go in the 60-day IL, but that doesn't start till the beginning of spring training. Right. Um, there are some – what about trades? If you were going to trade for somebody yeah, – you know, I, I think if you were going to trade, you're trading for what, a starting pitcher? Yeah, yeah, uh, or, or relief help, you know. Um, 
I don't think they're getting uh, Bednar. I don't think I think they want way too much for Bednar. Probably. Maybe Williams along with Burns or something from the Brewers. Yeah, that that's that's been thrown, but that would take a lot, that, and it's going to take a lot of money, uh, and it would take a lot of prospects. And you know, the, the Brewers are they were a playoff team last year. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I just they may not be able to pay Corbin Burns the money once he hits free agency, but if they think they can go to the playoffs and they're going to need him. I would, I would say, you know, I'm I'm a big Dylan Cease fan. Uh, the White Sox are are reportedly making everybody available, but uh, he's he's pretty affordable this year. Uh, you try to work out an extension with him, sure. Uh, what about Glass now? Uh, you know, I, <coughs> the reason that's I not say a, that, that's not a bad one. The reason I say that could because where. You would think your top prospects have to go into a, something like that for Glass now. They're a team that always has talent coming up, and sometimes they move out a player like that because they're going to lose somebody potentially. They're they're cheaper, so it's yeah. better to have the young guys fill in. They may go with a lower-tier prospect that's got a big upside that they may get a few of those guys to uh-uh. fill in the bottom of their minor league system. Maybe, and maybe you have yeah. to throw in one good prospect. Don't get yeah. me wrong. They're not going to take them for – Three single A guys, yeah. but what I'm saying is one good prospect that's in maybe in your top twenty or top ten, along with a couple of lower class ones to get Glass now. He's got one year. He's got one year before free agency. He's probably going to cost you twenty five million somewhere in there. Um, we'll see. Uh, I mean, I, you know, because that guy's good when he's going. And I still think that uh, you know uh, something could happen with Josh Smith or Ezekiel Duran. I mean, you know, sure. And, and, um, you know, and John Daniels working for the Rays knows the farm system well. So, yep. Uh, I don't know the Padres. They've got they, they've got a tie in with this, and but the, they don't you know, know those two. And the Padres are hurting them, hurting financially too. They're in the same boat as the Rangers. Well, they're, they're and their owner just died. Their owner just passed. They're kind of in transition, but uh, they're trying to trade Juan Soto. Um, and no, the Rangers aren't going in on Juan Soto. And, and yeah, um, that would be great. But I, I saw mean, I saw something this morning that the Indians are listening to Emmanuel Classe. Uh, who started his career with the Rangers and was in the Corey Kluber deal. Um, if we only had Kluber, we could probably get him back. <laughs> so, anyway. Bieber is also somebody that I've heard that they might yeah, be Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of possibilities out there, um, you know, and, and in, a lot of, in a lot of ways acquiring a guy like that who's still ARB eligible, albeit in his last year of arbitration, makes sense, especially if you have the flexibility in future seasons to, to give him an extension. So, it's uh, there, there's just a lot that could happen, you know. The the trade market is kind of wonky. Sometimes it, it develops after all the free agents are gone. Sometimes a trade will happen that will affect the free agent market. So um, I, I think the Rangers are listening. Uh, again, I don't think they want to trade off a ton of their prospects. No, um, they they still want to have that that healthy farm system. So. And, and 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 now you know now that they've won the World Series, they've draft last. So uh, they're they're going to be not drafting in the top five, hopefully for a while. Although it is kind of fun when they get a, a big a big time guy like that. But um, anyway, it, it's it, they're they're kind of at a, a, a point where no. the draft is now going to be not not the weapon that it was to, for retooling the farm system. You've got the international signing period coming up here next month, but still those guys are sixteen. They're a long way away. So. Um, Let me tell you, this is a year some of those guys that, that, that got the qualifying offer 
doesn't hurt to go in and sign one of those guys necessarily because if you're going to lose pick 60 as opposed to pick 34 yeah. or whatever it was the last yeah, few sure. years, that's a that's a whole different ball game. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and and we'll we'll see what happens. You know, I, only seven guys got the qualifying offer this year, I think, and um, but some of those guys are people that the Rangers should be in on. Well. Yeah, Otani. I mean, Otani. Otani <laughs> yeah. will cost you draft pick compensation. I think, you, he'll try, he'll, he'll, I think you'd be okay with that one. And, and, you you know. give, you're okay giving up the 60th pick for Shohei Otani. Yeah, yeah. Just I'm going to clarify. That's yeah, what, you're okay I, I, with I'm that. I'm all right with that. But, um, yeah, I think saying right now, kind of to recap everything, I, I think it's like a, you know, I think the one big expenditure, I think they have one in them. Starting um, pitcher. A starting pitcher. I, I think Montgomery's okay. I think that um, – Here's a good offseason. I, mean, I think that they, they don't need a middle-tier uh, pitcher, you know. I'd, I I mean, I'd be okay if they re-signed Martin Perez, but that can't be their big pitching move. You no, know, they, no. They need to make a, a little bit bigger of a, a splash. And um, Is this a good, good offseason? Jordan Montgomery, Matt Moore, uh, and maybe someone like – maybe someone like uh, Will Smith. Those three coming back, and then maybe and, – and, and that's the only move they end up making going into spring training. That's still not a bad offseason, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. No, that, that, you're right. It's not. And, you know, Will Smith probably makes people groan, but Will, Will – He's Smith, not going to be your closer. <laughs> right. But Will, but Will, Will Smith uh, knows how to win. He was really, really good for half the season. Uh, he got some big outs in the postseason, to be honest. And right. um, uh, it's not – it would it wouldn't be terrible if 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 of if if he or somebody like him was was a bullpen addition that that the team relies on. I mean, he didn't. Will Smith didn't didn't was not on the roster. At he was the start a minor of spring league. training. Yeah, they signed him during spring training. They signed Robbie Grossman uh, right after pitchers and catchers reported. The, you know the fr- the off season takes forever these days. It goes into spring training, right? Um, and and you can pluck a guy like that. I mean this. Look, the Rangers don't win the World Series without Will Smith. Nope. There's no question about it. And uh, he yeah. was their closer for a while there. And, and and honestly, they don't win it on opening day without Robbie Grossman. So nope. yeah, yeah, he hit the you he know, hit the home run, the big ev- one. And every hey, every win counts. You know the 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 Rangers were a loss away from not making the playoffs. I think everyone wants to see that bat added to the lineup, whereas the Rangers bats. Never had a problem. They they were pretty yeah. solid. All, I mean, think about they that. They had the best offense in the American League. Think about it. Josh Young and 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 Nate Lowe were hitting in the bottom third of the order. In the postseason. In yeah. the postseason. Yeah. That's how good of a lineup they had. Yes, Otani would be great to it, but there are some guys. You could plug in a Turner or a, a Soler, or you could go get somebody that's a veteran. J.D. Martinez is a free agent. I mean, throw that guy, even if he hits sixth or seventh in this lineup. Yeah. That's a guy that's he's capable of going deep, doing that. Now, okay, I, I'm here. I go off on the tangent again, but my thing is, I want Otani, I want Blake Snell, sure, and I want Josh Hader. That's who I want. Okay, that's not really realistic, and honestly, that is a lot of freaking money to commit. It was never realistic, and, right? And um, you know, the, doesn't matter. I, I want Ray Davis. The, Ra- the Rangers' owner isn't isn't Steve Cohen. It's Ray Davis, right? And, he has and, a lot and, of money. And Ray Davis has a lot of money. And Ray Davis wants has, to has win. won a World Series and probably wants to win another one. Um, but he is also not – Steve Cohen has money that he could be <sighs> stupid with. Ray Davis is not a dumb 
businessman. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a billionaire, um, but, he, you know, these guys get rich by knowing how to make money and and um, they stay rich by not And they're a successful frivolous. organization. I've never stressed this more than anything. You are a successful organization if you take your toy, which is your baseball team, and you run it like a business. Yes, I want to win, and I don't care that I make millions of dollars on the baseball team. But you have to run it to where it's a sustainable business that it's essentially paying for itself. Yeah. Look what, what's his name? Tom Hicks came in and wanted to make it his toy and then had to go borrow money from everybody. Well, and he bought the soccer team. and Right. Anyway, um, I, I just, I think that that <clears throat> they're going to be more prudent than anybody wants them to be. They have they have reasons for that. Um Jordan and, Hicks, and yeah, okay, fine, uh, but I th- I think that um, I th- I th- I think that their their plan is a little more clear now, uh, and that that it's not going to be just it's not going to be as big an offseason like like the last few years. You know, it's it's and it doesn't need to be because they're good, and they they will they will pick up enough in the offseason <laughs> that they will stay. One of the top teams predicted to get to the World Series again. Sure, they're going to be they're going to be big national talking heads that still think the Rangers have a chance to go back to the World Series, no matter who they sign. Absolutely, because they think that now before they go sign anybody, they're already thinking that they think they they know Jacob Degrom's coming back. They know that you it, what they need is really easy pickup this offseason. The problem is we're spoiled. Yeah, because the last two years Ray Davis has thrown his wallet on the ground and said. Go get me winners. And they did it. They don't necessarily, you're right. They don't have to do that. They we got to do something before we get out of here, though. Okay. Rule five draft uh-huh. is Wednesday. <clears throat> who is who is the most likely to get taken? Well, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Um, they have some, you know, guys who go in the rule five draft are usually, um, aren't usually Josh Hamilton and Johan Santana. They're usually these guys who are big arms that you can take a cheap chance on, that you can bury in the in the bullpen and, and grow with. Uh, they Hopefully go, get they, them through the they year. They go to teams that have the ability to stash them, like Mason Angler last year with the Tigers. You know, Now that he's spent the full year on the active roster. They can send him to the minor he leagues. He can go to the minor leagues and can develop there, but he, he was okay. Um, and we really like Mason. Um, so – you know, like Justin Slayton. Yes. Um, what was what was he? The fourth round pick in 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 nineteen, or maybe the third round pick from New Mexico. He's an East Texas boy, uh, big guy. Had a fan, unbelievable year as a reliever uh, in the in the minor leagues. He pitched in the fall league. Uh, he he's got a chance, and um, uh, I, I I know a couple guys have written about Anthony. Uh, I don't want to say his last name because. <laughs> Butcher it. It's the Tuya Bibida. The Hawaiian. He's never pitched above A ball, but he did pitch in the fall league really, really well and uh, good velocity, good good off speed pitch. You know, somebody might take a flyer on him. It's only $100,000. And if he doesn't make your team, you send right, him back. He goes back, he goes through waivers and and if he clears waivers, you send him back to the team. And I think you get, I think you get half your money back. So right. it's, it's, you know, I don't. You know, the Rangers have done it so many times in the past. I don't think they'll do it this year. Um, but I, you know, and I and I worry that that uh, Dane Acker potentially friend of the show, friend of the show, potentially is lost. But 
I, you know, he, he did have to have a knee procedure here in the offseason, just a little cleanup. Uh, he should be fine for spring training. Uh, his walks were up a little bit last year. I know he, you know, he has the he has the injury history, so maybe that will scare some teams away. But um, we'll we'll see. And you you kind of hold your breath. Blaine Krim's eligible. Davis Wenzel el- is eligible. You don't want to see either of those guys go because they're good guys, and 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 the Rangers think they're major league players. Just they're they're at the point now where it's put up you or got shut up. you gotta you gotta be able to produce. It's put up or shut. You up. have to be a legitimate option, and. Uh, Right now, the Rangers felt that that Antoine Kelly, Mark Church, um, Jose Corniel, and gosh darn, I'm forgetting. Oh, Foscue. You know, those are the four who added to the 40 man protected from the Rule Five. Those were they guys think those guys are, are on the on the cusp. So right. um, they thought more highly of them, and they thought that, that those were guys that could be lost. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll find out. Um, and then there's, find out you know, there is a there is a minor league portion of the draft, which. Um, at that point, the players are only like twelve and a half thousand. It's how the Rangers got Alexio Gondo or whatever his name really is, and um, they're they're little guys that you know pop through that way. You add depth to your farm system that way, and potentially sneak a guy, uh, you know, a guy can get to the major leagues. But um, anyway, um, we'll see what happens. But ho- hopefully, uh, hopefully the Rangers don't lose anybody. Absolutely. Well, this has been fun. You're gonna have a good time at at. at uh... Well, good time. You're going to be working the winter meeting. It's not a good time. It's, it's running, not a good time. You're running around the lobbies trying to find people. and hold, Yeah, hold. And, and that place is so big, uh, Opryland in Nashville, that you you know, you know never see anybody. Uh, I, I am looking forward to seeing Ron Washington, um, the new manager of the Angels. Um, he was at my first winter meetings, which were at, at Nashville. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, I was with Jim Reeves. Uh, from the Star Telegram uh, back then, and he was showing me the ropes, so to speak. And, right. Um, we ran into Ron Washington in the lobby, or on his way to have a cigarette, and uh, <clears throat> um, you know, Revo asked him, "Hey, Wash, what's who's on the top of your board? You know, who are some of these guys?" And Johan Santana was a uh, available that year. I don't know if he's a free agent or. It was a trade. I don't remember their circumstances, but Wash was like, oh, yeah, he's on the board. And then, uh, but Wash said, you know, if we trade any of our prospects, we're effed. <laughs> <laughs> and so Revo, of course, wrote it, and, and it, it, it ticked off John Daniels, I think. But anyway, <laughs> you, you know, you, you never know who you're going to run into and, um, and and what they might say. But, you know, a lot, a lot of the stuff that happens in the lobby is just like, what are you hearing? Um, Morris usually holds a... He'll hold court on uh, probably Tuesday this year. Uh, but um, you, you just want to hear what's happening and, and hope that somebody tells you something that, that can get you a little bit further down the road. So, yeah. anyway. But you got to we'll be there see. to cover it to do it. Yeah. Um, here's the thing I can promise you guys right now. The Rangers don't leak their stuff. Oh, man. So, do you do all this crap you're hearing about the Rangers are in, Rangers are out, or Rangers are on – there is no way that they know for sure because the Rangers don't leak their crap. Right. They just right. don't do it. If anyone was going to get inside info, it's going to be you and Evan who are the closest relationships with these guys, and they don't leak crap to y'all. No. They They're don't. very friendly to y'all, and they'll help yeah. you try to get someone on the podcast or they'll set up interviews for you because I've seen you do it a 100 times. And the Rangers front office loves you, but they are not leak. they don't leak their crap. 
They don't, and that's fine. That's why Otani is not completely 100% out. Um, You know, uh, at the trade deadline, it was a little different because, you know, Scherzer, that leaked, but that was all all New York. That was all New York doing it. Or the agent. I don't think it was the agent. Well, it might have been, but I think the national guys. I think their contact is with yeah, the agents. Well, yeah, but the agents on trades don't really find out till it comes to the point where we they have to ask to waive a no trade clause or something to that effect. Right. Um, which which I think was required with Scherzer exercising his his option. I think the Rangers wanted that to be a certainty before they traded for him. So anyway, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, well, you know, we'll we'll be working hard and. We'll be texting and, and running into people and asking questions. And we'll Watch see. the YouTube channel. Maybe you can get a couple yeah, of videos we'll, of people we'll, around there. We'll see what happens. All right. Let's go to Luke. We got Guys, this guy coming on, Luke Savage, is a uh, – is uh, you've told me some fantastic things about him. He's got some good uh, – he's got some charitable stuff coming. That's another good reason we're having him on here. He's got a great little charity that I'm excited to hear about. But uh, local guy with the Rangers organization – He's going to come up right after this. Guys, there's going to be no down in the bus league, so we're going to end it after that. But right after this, we're going to be here with Luke Savage. All right, everybody, and joining us right now from, where are you at, Van Alstine? Van Alstine. Yes, sir, Van Alstine. It's Texas Rangers right-hand pitcher Luke Savage, former TCU Horn Frog. Luke, what's going on, buddy? Nothing much. I'm just excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. Well, I appreciate it. I talked to you, you know, I, I talked to you in October. It's now December 1st. Can you believe that? I know. Anyway, I talked to you in October, is during the playoffs, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll, we'll get you on here as soon as the world, as soon as the playoffs are over." And the playoffs just kept going and going. So, <laughs> I, I guess it's a good thing, you know. Yes, sir. Organization won the World Series, but uh, we're glad we can finally get you on. And um, you know, I, I, I think you, you have you have some uh, local interest for people who follow college baseball and uh, even high school baseball, but. Um, that's my it, it, question. We'll get into that. Later. Yeah, yeah. But um, this was your you you were you were not drafted, but you were signed as a, a free agent with your hometown team. Uh, what yes, what was your first couple months of professional baseball like? Uh, it was incredible. I think uh, I didn't really know what to expect. A lot of times you hear like the stories of oh my gosh, minor league baseball can be so grueling and a grind. And so I kind of went in like not knowing what it would be like, but the Rangers organization is incredible. Uh, they treat us like we're all family. And I think it's really awesome just to be able to go. And it's like, this is really our job. Now we go, we throw, do whatever else we need to get in. And then we go back and you really just get to hang out with your teammates and kind of get to know them. So it's really awesome. Uh, you, you didn't pitch a ton there in the Arizona complex league, but they seems like the, from, from talking to you earlier, they did a lot of work with you uh, mm-hmm. for, for people who remember you at TCU you were never traditionally over the top, but now you're you're not even close to the top. Talk about no. the changes <laughs> they made with you. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not close to the top. At uh, at TCU, I'd go kind of like low three quarter and then like full sidearm, so I'd switch in between those. And then as soon as I got to like first week with the Rangers, they were like, "Oh, what do you like to do?" We like pretty much only sidearm, so you can choose whatever you want. But this is kind of the path that we want you to go down. And so from there, it's kind of just like figuring out what it would look like for me to be full full sidewinder and kind of just figuring out drills, cues, all that sort of thing to where it would feel normal because it's definitely uh, an adjustment for throwing semi-normal for 18 years and then having to turn it all around and go full 
both sides, it's definitely a little bit of an adjustment. So, you know, I think for Rangers fans, when they think of, of guys who throw from down under, they think of Darren mm-hmm. O'Day. Yep. You're not that low, right? No. You're not- no, yeah, I'm not like submarine. I'm more okay. just like pure pure sidearm is what I would say. Okay. How did how how has that a che- uh, affected the way your your pitches move? I'm, I'm I'm guessing that's what the Rangers liked about the idea. Yeah, no, I definitely I think that's what they liked. It definitely makes them move a lot more and uh, more consistently, I would say. And so I think it's been it's been really fun to be able to see that. And it's also just like a challenge to be able to go from one way of throwing to another. And so I've really enjoyed kind of being able to go down that journey. So you, you spent the summer in Arizona where I guess people don't really want to spend the summer. It's so dang, <laughs> no. so so hot, but you yeah. also experienced Texas heat. So which one's worse? I have to go Arizona. It was, it was just a different animal, especially like the first few weeks we were there. I remember we landed at like 1030 at night and we got out outside the airport and it was still 118 at 1030 at night. And we were like, this can't be real. Like there's just no way that this is what it's like. And so I think for the next two or three weeks, there were some highs that would get to like 120 and we were out there practicing and we're like, wow, this is, this is a different beast, but don't get me wrong. The Texas humidity with, with the hundreds temperature is definitely not fun either. So neither is ideal in the summer. Yeah. You know, the, the, I don't know if it's a, what do they call it? It's a wise tale or, or, or urban legend, urban myth. Dry heat. No, no, no. About to go to is the- that <laughs> the temperature? Cause that's freaking like hot, the official, no but like the official temperature Yeah. Um, is red at sky Harbor airport. Um, but if it's uh, like above 120 something, like planes aren't supposed to take off and land because it can damage the tires. So the urban myth or legend is that they keep the thermometer in the shade huh. and and that keeps the temperature down. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. And and I don't know of any planes that have crashed at Sky Harbor, but I you're think not, you're not instilling my confidence I, I, I just, in spring training <laughs> out there. I just, think, I just think that it gets a lot hotter in Phoenix than Texas and no, then is is let on. And like the heat, if you I went out there two summers ago, um, it like stings. It's like it like hits your skin and your skin stings. I would combust. Mm-hmm. Look at me. I'm a fat, <laughs> pasty white dude. I mean, I would I, I would just combust because they, I don't yeah. even get in the sun now. I mean, I have a pool and I'm I look like I'm out there with the hat and the long sleeves because and the, the white and the, the, yeah, this, the white. Shade. you don't even rub it yeah. in you just no. put it on i burn i mean i burn i mean i used to have that farmer's tan my whole youth i spent out in the outside playing ball and doing all that but man i'm old and fat now i don't do that well yeah there are some there are some coaches who wear sleeves out there you know they're sure. you know it's, yeah, wouldn't you? it's, it's oh it's yeah nuts uh but you know i i always think that well surprise Arizona since the time I started on the beat in 2008 has really it's not really like this distant remote outpost that it seemed like it was surprise is like a real a real city yeah well we've been there do you like surprise I do yeah I I love surprise it's nice like I think it's a nice in between of like because obviously there's Phoenix and Scottsdale and all that which is pretty busy (laughs) and then there's surprise where there's still stuff to do and it's not that far of a drive to any of it but it's also like a little bit remote to where it's not like, oh my gosh, there's so many people here. It's a little overwhelming. So all the guys, we really love surprise. I think it's a nice balance in between all of it. Yeah, and and yeah, 
they've they've built the rangers village right across the street so you've got yep. free living you don't have to drive you can just wake up and go across the street I mean, yep. it's they've they've done a they've done a good job and and i think the indians were the first ones who came up with that village situation yeah. down in goodyear but now the royals have built one right across i mean what a pitching wedge from where you guys are so yeah it's, uh, it's it's cool it's cool and it's nice it's nice to see the minor leaguers are getting taken care of finally and i know sure. they fought pretty hard for it but uh part of the reason the rangers did is because the you know there's three hotels there and the hotels kept jacking up their rates absolutely so, why wouldn't you so, so they built That's capitalism they, they built they built their own <laughs> yeah so yeah. anyway okay so uh, the, you, you have goals i'm sure for for this upcoming season um what, what, what do you hope to get out of your first full professional season? I think uh, more than just any like hard set goals is really just consistency with the new arm slot is like learning what it's like, especially in a pro ball season where it's much longer than anything I've done before. Just learning what it's like to throw from that slot and also kind of just like taking everything I can from a lot of the older guys that I'll be around. So I think those are two big ones. And then, I mean, I think the dream would be obviously start in one of the, one of the eight a ball teams. And then if I could get up to Frisco, not only because it's close to home, but double a is such a cool experience. If I could get up to Frisco by the end of the year, I think that'd be, that'd be pretty special. Yeah. Um, have you talked to Chase Lee at all? He, he's, he's uh, in the system as you know, mm-hmm. and definitely, definitely throws from a different arm angle. I'm not, I, yeah. I, he, have, have you, have you had a chance to talk to him at all? I have not, but he's been one that a bunch of the coaches have told me when spring training comes around that they'll definitely hook us up so that we can chat because he, they were like, you know, you guys, obviously it's not exactly the same, but they were like, you guys got to sit down and talk arm angle pitching and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, he, he had a, he, he just had hip surgery, um, mm. but he's, he's supposed to be ready. Wait a minute. I'm supposed to have hip surgery because I'm old, not, uh, not, not a young pitcher. You know, it's interesting <laughs> because a lot of pitchers are having hip, hip injuries now. Yep. Uh, you know, Dane Dunning. Yeah. Um. It, it, I think it's the way that training has maybe evolved, but mm-hmm. um. Anyway, that's that's. I have to get some get an expert. So if I go that. lose weight, I'm gonna have hip. Injury. That's right. Stay <laughs> stay the way you are. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. The the uh the way that a a baseball season unfolds and the draft unfolds and everything, from from June when you guys mm-hmm. at TCU were in the College World Series to the draft and until you were signed how, how did that process work out for you um I think for me it was really just like I would train with some of the other guys from TCU and it was really just staying in shape obviously hoping to get drafted or picked up um so it was really just like one or two bullpens a week make sure I was ready if that were to happen so then when I go out there it's not like oh man you haven't thrown in three weeks you know we <laughs> can't do anything with you until October yeah. and so I think it was really just uh taking calls every now and then from teams and then just making sure you're in, in shape so that when you go out there, you're ready to go. Yeah. And I, when we talked in October, you you wish you had been drafted, but mm-hmm. the, way, the way it worked out, I mean, you're with the hometown team. Yeah. Yep. There's yep. only 20 rounds now. That's what's, yeah. That's why yeah. You, you, you don't sleep on these guys that just get signed anymore because mm-hmm. they would have easily gotten drafted in the old, way they used to do it where they might go 50 60 rounds i mean you sign a mm-hmm. guy that there's only 20 rounds a lot of these guys they're you can pick up some good players well don't. i mean the rangers player of the year abby ortiz is a un, another un, one undrafted mm-hmm. free agent so sure um but before before we hand it over to john for his lighter questions 
Uh, talk about your organization. I, I know a lot of people um, know about it who are TCU people. One of the uh, reasons we really want to get yeah, you on too. Yeah, yeah, and, and mm. um, we, uh, as John's kind of, we we have ties to a a, char- a charity called the Do It for Dirt Foundation. We've had uh, uh, players on uh, Jared Jared Sandler, who's the radio one of the radio broadcasters. His his organization, Sandlot Dang Charity. Dunning. Uh, talk about Blessed Feet because it's it's pretty cool. Yes, sir. Yeah, so Blessed Feet is an organization that I started with uh, my family and a few friends from high school. And what we do is we collect used or new shoes, cleats, sports gear, really just anything that you can use in uh, the sports realm. And then we clean it up. And what we've done so far is we take it down to the Dominican Republic to underprivileged kids down there. And we put on clinics, tournaments, uh, baseball camps, anything like that. And we give them the gear, share the gospel, try and develop a, a long-term relationship that's not just focused on the gear. And so we've been blessed to be able to do that two times in the DR. And then we're also moving our focus more towards DFW and other communities that are in the U.S. because there are plenty of people here that, that could use the sports gear and also, you know, the relationships that they were, were able to develop through through sports. Yeah, I mean, that's really cool. Where, where, where Thank did you. this idea come from? Where, where did you, you guys went on a, did you, is it right? You went on a mission trip? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, uh, I had the privilege of going to the DR twice in high school through Prestonwood. So we would go a week before spring break. Everybody had to go on a mission trip. And so twice the baseball team was able to go down to the Dominican Republic. And you hear the stories of like, it's a completely different world, but it never really sets in until you go down for the first time and you're like, Holy cow. Like this is, this is just such a culture shock, yeah. you know, obviously. And obviously like most of us are 15 to 18 year old kids. And so it's like, we've lived in DFW bubble for most of our life. And then you go down there and it's like, these kids are playing baseball for six to seven hours a day and jeans that are ripped up and don't fit and flip flops. And it's like, we take, you know, just this most basic things like cleats and all this stuff for granted. And so I think that's really where it started. And when we were down there the second time, uh, we grew really close with, he's like a, a youth pastor, but then he runs a bunch of baseball programs down there. And he's born and raised in the Dominican, had the opportunity to pr- play a pro ball, but he felt like the Lord was calling him to stay in the DR and minister to the kids. And so we got really close with him. His name is Joel Alexander. And when we came back is when COVID hit. So everything basically shut down. There was no school for like two weeks. And so me and a few of my friends that were on the team, we would have FaceTime calls with them. And eventually we were like, you know, we're not going to be down there for a while. We're all going off to college. Uh, how can we help you guys? And he was like, well, you've been down here. Like the, the most the most basic thing that we need is just gear, shoes, cleats. And so that's kind of where the idea started. And then over the next year was just seeing how feasible it was, because obviously it's like a huge hassle to to take stuff down there with customs and everything like that. And so just kind of planning everything out, mapping out the website. And then we released at the end of my uh, freshman year of college. Yeah. You know, it, what he said is, is hundred percent, right. Uh, it, it is a culture shock when you go down there and I've been you know, to Mexico you, on a mission trip before. I mean, it is, I mean, yeah. but, but, but you, you hear, you know, you think Dominican Republic baseball, you think, yeah. you think Punta Cana, you know, the resort mm-hmm. town, which is a long way away from any of the baseball facilities. Uh, it's yes. a long way from the capital. Uh, mm-hmm. and so when, if you fly into Santa Domingo, it's okay right around the airport, but as soon as you get off the yeah. airport grounds, it's, you know, it's, it's different. And, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, the first time I went down there, 
it was right after the Rangers had signed Hiro Barris to that controversial deal or whatever. Yeah. And they said, well, we're going to take you to Hiro's house in this little town. And it was like, uh, uh, you know, it was a town of tool sheds, basically, that yeah. people mm-hmm. lived in. Dirt yep. roads, very little electricity. The Rangers had signed a player named Michael DeLeon, who was a great kid. They didn't, uh, he lived with his grandmother. They, they didn't have electricity. So they had to sign during the day so that the light could come in and they could see the contract. Yeah. This stuff like that, that's, yep. that's real and crazy. And you know, we mm-hmm. went to the baseball field in, in the, that little hometown and uh, there were kids just out there playing and they were so happy. Oh yeah. You know, mm-hmm. And, and yep. they don't know what they don't have, but to, to be able to provide them with equipment that they need, that they don't have to share that they don't have to hand, you know, that they aren't hand-me-downs. You know, it's 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 a really neat deal that you do. Do you have any events coming up or, or tell us how, tell people how they can support Absolutely. your organization? Yes, sir. Yeah. So uh, you can support us by going to our website. It's www.blessedfeet.org. Uh, also, all social medias are underscore, blessedfeet underscore. Um, so anything to where you can financially donate, spread the word, tell your friends about us is, is all super helpful. And uh, right now we're working on an event in the DFW area for Christmas. So we're, we'll be able to give back to some of the local communities. So we're hoping to be able to provide uh, shoes, gear, and cleats to kids that are in DFW, their size specifically in the sports that they play. So finishing out the details on that, but that's what's coming up for us. Oh, good for you, Luke. <laughs> good Thank for you. you. Yeah. A, Thank you very much. I, I can't stress this enough. So I, I used to go with, our church would go down. It was MITC down in Mexico. And and we would go up into the mountains and spend the night for two nights and paint a church or something. Uh-huh. As teenage, mm-hmm. I was helping teenagers back then and I was still old and fat, but, <laughs> but we would sleep on these, you're talking about those tin roof. I mean, they, they were these tin huts. I slept yeah. on the floor in this house. I'll yep. never forget it. And this big spider was crawling. Across. I didn't sleep the rest of the night, <laughs> but these yeah. people, when I saw it against that wall, I was just sitting there staring at it. I was going, oh, my gosh. And the guy that owned the house got up with like a rag. He just went over and swiped it, and it fell down onto the ground. And he went back to his chair and started. And I was like, I didn't see that thing die. <laughs> <laughs> that thing was just. And I did not sleep a wink. Got up the next morning. It was dead in the corner. I guess he had stepped on it. But whatever. That That's really cool, Luke. I'm really proud of you on that. Now, I'm going to get Thank into you. more fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. So you 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 grew up here in the DFW area. You were born in 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 uh, Doylestown near Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. near Philadelphia, yes, right? What, what, when did yep. you get to Dallas? Uh, so we moved a lot as a family. So we lived here the first time. Uh, it was probably like 2005. I was only like four or five years old, and then we moved again to Chicago, back to Pennsylvania, and then we moved back to Dallas. And that was the final time that we like made a big move. And so that was when I was in fourth grade. Fourth grade. Okay. Now you ended up going to Prestonwood, Prestonwood up in Plano. Uh, yep. I've visited that church before. I've been there for a FCA thing before. Mm-hmm. Um, and the facilities, they got a great, now did you played baseball? Did you play any I other did. sports in high school? I played football uh, until my junior year. Okay. What did you play? Receiver. All right. I was a wide receiver. How yep. tall are you? Six one. I wasn't six one then though. I was, <laughs> I was pretty small then. <laughs> okay so you you weren't drafted like we said you you came uh you you uh the ranger signed you as a free agent how many how many scouts did you have on you did you notice when did you know hey i've got some people that are watching me 
Um, I mean, it started in high school where it'd just be like a handful, but it wasn't anything serious. And then after my sophomore year, I was sophomore eligible. So that was when probably like 10 to 15 teams reached out in the fall. I was like, oh, wow, this is this is real. Like I could actually I get picked up and, and play professional baseball. And that was at TCU. Yes, sir. OK, that was at TCU. Now, you ended up going to TCU. Did you have any other schools on your radar or were you offered anywhere else? I did. I was looking at uh, the other ones I'd visited were Northwestern and Stanford. Those are probably the other top two on my list, but they were just pretty, pretty far away. And at, at heart, I was always a Texan, so I had to stay close. So was that the only Big 12 school that really was kind of on you? It was. Yes, sir. What, 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 uh, I mean, I, I went to TCU in, in 1993 is when I started. And, you're old. Not yeah. as old as me, but you're old. <laughs> and it, it was, it was not what TCU is today. Um, yeah. You know, what, what is now the, the commons area was a parking lot where I parked. Oh, my wow. Car. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it's true. And the, the frog fountain was there instead of at the top by, uh, up by the, you know, the, the shower, shower yep. bar. The, the, yeah. Ball. The shower, the shower. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, what was it that attracted you to TCU? Um, I think obviously they were coming off of like the four year uh, Omaha run. So they were prestigious baseball school. Um, coach Starless was the recruiting coordinator at the time and the pitching coach. And so that was a big draw, uh, just his knowledge of the game. And then obviously like the family ties that he has and the great guy that he is was a huge draw. And then I think the other thing was I was looking for like small school, but not like the small school feel. And I think TSU pictures that perfectly to where it's like, you would never know that they only have 10,000 people. If you watched any of their sporting events online. But then you get on campus and it's like, oh, I actually know a bunch of people that are walking around and yeah. all the teachers, it's like the classes maybe have 20 people. And so I think it like encapsulates what is small school feel, but then also, you know, bigger school at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it, it's per, I mean, the campus is beautiful. One, It was, yes. it, 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 is a pretty it was even pretty back then. Um, mm -hmm. And, and you're in a, you're in a big city. I mean, Fort Worth is now the 13th biggest city in the country. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, all the stuff that you want to, that you want's close by. Um, it, I mean, and at, at the time it was, I mean, I, we, we, we came down to visit a bunch of colleges and TCU wasn't one of them. Then our air conditioner went out in the middle of the summer and, uh, and my dad was like, well, we got to get this fixed. So just go over to TCU. And that was it. We could end the tour right there. Yeah. But we had hotel wow. reservations in other cities. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway. Um, well, yeah. the and, and then Kurt Sarlis, who, who's fantastic, pitched, mm -hmm. in the, pitched in the major leagues, which had to be yep. part of the calling card. And his yep. family has a winery. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. You may not drink wine, Luke, but it's delicious. <laughs> I don't drink wine, and it's fantastic. It really—I've never me. had it, but had, I've heard only good things. We had some at Thanksgiving, and uh, some of Kurt's. Yeah, and uh, my wife went and bought three bottles. I mean, for Christmas, it's it's just really good. So, uh, I'm Starless no and Sons. If you're mm -hmm. maybe, no maybe they could, maybe they can sponsor the show. Maybe I. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm gonna call them and say, hey. Hey, you got there at the right time too, because were you were you really last year was good as a TCU football fan? Oh yeah, I bet you yeah, did, no. did you did you end up going out there for the national championship? Or? I I was at every I was at the Fiesta Bowl and the national championship. Yeah, so yeah. so were you? That was, yeah, I was yeah. working, but I was I was there. Um, it was a great run, and and really with base baseball went to the College World Series, mm -hmm. uh, which we can talk about here in a second, and it it 
probably you know collectively when you put all best the sports, sports together, yeah. that's the best sports here in, in TCU history. I wrote a yep. story on it for TCU Magazine called the Everything School, which is kind of the nickname. Yeah. But mm-hmm. also, like TCU's medical school got full accreditation. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the ha- you know the students are the happiest in the country according to the Princeton Review. There are a lot of good things going on at TCU. Maybe TCU should sponsor our show because I, I give them free advertising every damn episode. Uh, <laughs> but but it really it, it was a great time to be a, a TCU alumnus fan, and uh, the baseball team really really put the icing on the top. Going to the Absolutely. College World Series, being one of the Final Four teams, yeah, and they they ended up losing to to Wyatt Langford, yeah, three yep. to two, and and you know it 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 was quite a quite a quite yeah, a run. teammate. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, what yeah, t- no, what, I'm, I'm lucky to have him as a teammate now. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to pitch to him. <laughs> exactly. What what was that that run like for you guys? Because uh, you know, you, you as you know, you lost the first game and then uh, really put together a nice run. Yeah, no, I think uh, it pretty much just like encapsulated the whole season for us. Um, I mean, going in, we all had super high expectations for what we could be and started off hot and then dwindled off pretty fast to the point of where it was like, we're not even going to make the postseason if we're if we're playing like this. And so then we had the huge turnaround one. I don't know how many games in a row, but I think that was just super special. And I don't think I would change it for anything just because it was like to go through all those highs and lows with those guys was it was by far my favorite season at TCU and it was super special. And I think the whole time of just knowing like, you know, we, we still can do this and we still have all the talent in the world to be able to accomplish what we want to accomplish. And so I think just being able to do that and turn it around from what it was at the beginning of the season was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was good. And then and the, the community got behind you guys. Yep. Well, and uh, I spent a lot of time in Fort Worth that year too with you out there uh, at the old place. But I mean, I it was fun for me to watch y'all. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I'm a TCU fan, but I'm more of another team fan. But I was like, <laughs> well, you know, I, I'll say it, but I but I I like TCU, and I was pulling for you guys. I was like, I I, I just had everything but purple on. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was exciting, yep. and I was really pulling for TCU to do that. All right, we got to get in some more fun stuff. All right, we always ask the players this. What kind of food is your favorite kind of food that you like to eat? You know, are you a pizza guy, steak? What do you love to eat? It's hard to go wrong with steak, but I think I got to go fried chicken is my go-to. Oh, I like that one. I like that one, too. I'm not <laughs> – all right, now, now fast food, man. They, people don't understand. Fast food is is something the players have to eat a lot. I'm yep. going to guess, but I'm going to say it afterwards, the, the big C that everybody's oh, yeah, What's yeah. your favorite fast food? Uh, there's a lot to choose from. I gotta go. Hmm. Canes when it's, when it's hot and fresh, I think would be number one. Oh, canes. Different C. Yeah. So yeah, we usually either hear Chipotle or Chipotle. Yeah. Chipotle is what I should say because it's healthier, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Forget that. Forget the health thing. You guys, you guys work out hard. Man, you guys work out all the time. Okay. So if you, if, so if we're talking, Favorite food. We got to talk about your favorite home cooked meal. Oh, Who gosh. cooks it and what is it? Does your mom cook something? Maybe a girlfriend cooks something? Does your grandmother? What's your favorite home cooked meal and who cooks it? Honestly, anything that my mom cooks is up there. Um, but I got to go. So this is going to sound weird, but she makes like homemade donuts. Oh. And so those for dessert have to be up there. <laughs> but then just fried okra, mashed potatoes, and uh, just like homemade chicken tenders. 
All right, we're coming to Van Elstine. That's where we're hey, going. You're welcome. You're welcome to come. <laughs> Good Lord. Homemade donuts? Hey, that's hard to beat. I'm writing a note about that. So <laughs> when we see him in spring training, he's going to – that is amazing. Okay, spare time? What do you do in your spare time? Do you play golf? Do you hunt, fish? What do you do? Just started to get into golf. Like it a lot. Not very good. So it can be a little frustrating at times. Um, yeah. I play guitar. Love love music. Uh, blessed feet is a lot of it. And then now that I'm home, really just hanging out with family as much as I can. Good. Okay. Uh, you know what? The rest of this stuff, we're going to go to our final question. We usually ask the players. I've got a lot of stuff. We're going to have you on again. We usually try to get you guys on during the season. And, yes, sir. And do some more stuff when we get going. We asked somebody, what is – Something that nobody knows about Luke Savage. Now, we know that you worked with Blessed Feet, but let me tell yep. you some of the answers that we have gotten so you can know where we're going. Okay. So we go with someone like Davis Wenzel, who's in the who's in AAA with the Texas Rangers. He yep. had his finger cut off when he was, oh, wow. when he was what, like five? Four, the tip of his finger. They got it back on. He's fine now. Okay. Jack Leiter, <laughs> one, of yep. your, one of your teammates, Jack Leiter, hates peanut butter. I mean, I don't get that. I mean, that's not... <laughs> You know, we we really threw him under the bus on that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, John Daniels, who was the general manager before Chris Young. Now, you haven't yep. had the privilege of knowing John. You were with Chris Young. John Daniels has airplane underwear. So he wears, he brings two <laughs> pair of underwear. One he wears on the plane there, and he has one oh, pair wow. saved for when he comes home. So what is something that nobody knows about Luke Savage? Oh, gosh. Um, I might stick with the food and I'm not a fan of of fast food pizza, like Domino's, Pizza Hut, that sort of stuff. I, I like pizza, like restaurant pizza, which I know is going to sound, I don't know, like high maintenance, but snobby. snobby. Like, snobby. Yeah, yeah it's okay, going to sound though. snobby. I That's love fast no, I'm food, with you. I mean, but I, just like, I don't know, just like greasy pizza isn't really my thing. And I know a lot of people love it, but. Not for no, me. No, you go to those little, like the mom and pop pizza joints are really yep. good. Or you go I to agree. a restaurant like BJ's or something like that that carries mm -hmm. pretty good thick hand pizza. But I get that. I mean, I'll eat any pizza, as you can tell. What's your I mean, favorite pizza? I'm not, not going to be out. What My is favorite, favorite pizza? pizza? Or what is your favorite place to get pizza? Um, There's a there's a place called Zoli's in Fort Worth. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Uh you know, if I want to go, if I want to go real fancy, like Cane Rosso is really good, but that's that's special occasions only. So I'd have to go Zoli's probably. <laughs> All right, no, that, I I don't disagree with you. And you know, and, and like my my favorite restaurant in the world is in in my hometown in Colorado, uh, Randy's Pizza, and it's okay. It's, there's nothing like it anywhere else. And we're going every time we go to Colorado, we go at least once. And we're usually only there like five days. So we may get Randy's two or three times. That's how much yep. I like it. Okay, yep. so where's the invitation up to Colorado? That's what, yeah. Next time I go to Colorado, I got go yeah, to I'll, I'll, I'll send you the directions. All right. I, mean, it's, <laughs> I can get there in my sleep. That's how many times I've been there. But no, I, I agree. You know, my kids, we, we do like a kid's choice, maybe once a week, whatever you want for dinner. And I'll be damned if last night they didn't choose Pizza Hut. So. <laughs> Yep. There, there you go, Luke. And we, Luke would not. We got to get. We, yeah, they need to hang out with you because we got to get that. Exactly. I tell you, raise, raise the bar on their. their so my my in laws live yeah. up there in Peoria, near Peoria, Illinois. Yeah. They go to this little town where my wife grew up, Henry, and they, they this little place called Pizza Village makes this taco pizza. Oh. And it's got, think of a taco on top of a crust. Okay. I mean, it's got the lettuce, tomato, ground yeah. beef, all, all right. that. It's freaking incredible. All right. 
well, it's awesome. Wow. Pepperoni and sausage, and maybe a couple. Uh, yeah, but you maybe like, like a yeah. green pepper and all. You would like us with yep. the sausage. I'm with you. Okay, Luke. Well, we get you out of here one more time. Tell us about your blessed feet. Tell us again where they can find it and how they do it. Yes, sir. www.blessedfeet.org or any social media underscore blessed feet underscore. DM us, email us, call us. We're open to anything. So we appreciate you. And 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 keep your eyes open for the event here around Christmas to help out local kids. Absolutely. Yes, uh, if, and if you get us a give us a follow. We're gonna follow you back on, on social media. We'll be we'll we'll certainly uh retweet that stuff out and get it up. Guys, that's Luke Savage. He's right right-handed pitcher. Right-handed pitcher with the right-hand side with the uh Texas Rangers. We're gonna see you out there in the spring. Once again, we're not doing down in the bus leagues because of the off season. So we're going to end it right there for Luke. Um, thanks for everyone that listens every week. Luke, thanks for coming on with us. Until next week, we'll see you at the yard. Luke, thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me on.